win it. Are you kidding me? Are the national champions of 2015? And this year, the confetti is going to fall for North Carolina. Welcome into Crown Sports Charlotte. I'm Alex Sabernathy. This guy right here is our own Run CMC, Cameron McGowan. And this is our live Panthers post game show. So we'll give a minute here, give you the rundown as people start to file in. As always, you can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Crown Sports CHA. On Facebook and YouTube at Crown Sports Charlotte. Just hop in the search bar and search that, and we will pop up there. All right, let's give you a quick rundown as to what we're talking about. Really simple today. We're leading off talking about Joey Sly because that's the story, right? Then we're going to talk about Kyle Allen. Where do we stand now? Because, of course, that's the most divisive topic in this fan base right now. Then we're going to talk about what's next for Ron Rivera. What do we think is going to happen? Do we think they're going to keep him? There's a lot of Panthers fans that think he's about to get the axe tomorrow morning. I'm not quite there yet. We'll talk about that. Rashawn Golden. I've got strong opinions on Rashawn Golden right now. Cameron might talk me off the ledge. We'll see when we get there. We're going to wrap up talking about Eric Reed because Cameron's big on Eric Reed right now. Me, uh, not so much. We'll get there at the very end of the show. I see we've already got some comments coming in right now. Of course, as always, we invite you to comment as much as you want. We love talking your opinions. We love talking our opinions. And if you don't comment, then it's just us talking to each other, and that's never any fun. So, Cam, what do we have already on the comments over here? Uh, It's just Carter Isaacs being a troll. Oh, there we go. My man. All right. Let's lead it off. Joey Sly. Cam, take it away. Yeah. So... I had put in my notes after the first after the first extra point that it was obvious it pretty much right after he missed that first extra point when Graham Gano gets back it's it's his job again they're gonna, they're probably going to let Joey Sly go um, and then he misses another one and then he misses the game winning field goal and I mean you feel bad for the guy right kickers are the one thing where you know he's just isolated he's he's there by himself you know he is. You just really feel bad for the guy because he started so well when the season started. Everybody was on the slide train. I mean, he was he was he was killing it. And I mean, he still I think he still had like a 52 yarder in this game. But you know, it's just it's it's not like he missed a you know a 60 yarder for the win. I think it was like 28 yards, maybe 31. And so it's just. Uh, I mean, I, 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 that's pretty much all I have to say about it. I just, I, it, he's, he's gone, I think, and he's on thin ice right now too. I, I hope he makes it through the rest of the season. But you know, kickers in the mental game, it's, it's, I, I'm, I'm interested, I'm interested to see if he, if he can recover because obviously in this game after that first kick, it, it was just shaky. Yeah, I think that was he has missed four extra points on the year. I'm picking, pulling that up as we speak. Let's see, extra points. He is 21 of 23, so he'd missed one coming into the game. Or, wait, no, this was, so he'd only missed two all season, and they were both today. Well, no, that means ESPN's final stat is messed up because he missed one against the Titans back in week nine as well. So, he's missed three extra points on the year so far. He has just regressed as the season's gone on. I think we've known that. I'm a Joey Sly owner in fantasy football, so I've definitely noticed that. And, and yeah, I, you feel bad for him. At the beginning of the season, it was really easy to hop on the Joey Sly train. It was. Everybody did it. And it got to the point where in, what, week five, I'd say, us, as well as a lot of Panthers fans, were saying, hey, Graham Gano needs to start looking around for another job. Because when he comes back, he's yeah. not going to have one. I think at this point in time, it's, it's easy to say Graham Gano 
will have a job when he comes back. And Joey Sly will be the one shopping somewhere else. What do you guys think? I see we got another comment from your boy Carter Isaacs, I believe. Uh, what's next for Joey Sly? Is he kicking next week? And if he is, is it in Carolina? Uh, what do you think is next for Joey Sly? What the comments say? Uh, it's just Carter Isaacs being a troll. Um, <laughs> yeah, no, it's uh, he... I, I don't think he makes it through the I don't think he makes it through the rest of the season. Um great great kicker. He's hit some long ones, but that one that one hurt right there because that's you're talking playoff contention. You're talking, you know, a, a, and the thing is you also know with Drew Brees getting that ball back with 2 minutes left, the Saints are going down the field and they're going to at least get a field goal. So you knew, you knew, at least I did. The second that that ball missed, the second that ball missed, I knew for a fact Drew Brees is going down the field and they're going to score. I mean, it was just the life got sucked out and it's there were so many little things that happened during this game and they still should have won the game. Like the, so many things happen when, when you usually, you know, you miss two extra points. Uh, there, there are some things that happen. You know, you muff a punt, you have some turnovers. You're not supposed to win that game, especially against the saints. And the fact that they were in that game, just, it was just heartbroken even more. It, Kingpin, it, was, it sucked. Kingpin landlord in the comments brings up a good point. What's your choice on kickers right now? It, Cairo Santos. Is he the best option? And he's already had a game this season where he missed four in a game. So, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm kind of with him. Who else do you go get at this point in time? Uh, you could also make the point, uh, most guys coming right out of college aren't going to miss two extra points and then miss a 28-yarder to lose you the game, right? Uh, you could make that argument as well. And once you make that argument, you say, well, then you can go get virtually anybody. Uh, but at this point, I, let's see, we got another comment here. Uh, <laughs> Kingpin Landlord was paid by Abernathy to ask questions. I love it. Uh, Cody Parkey. Oh, Jesus. That, that was a name that's been toyed with around the league as well. When teams go out and get players like Cairo Santos, uh, I guess you could do that. And, of course, with all this, it's easy to reference the Titans. The Titans had Cairo Santos, then dropped him after the game I mentioned a few minutes ago where he missed four kicks in a game, and then they signed Cody Parkey, and he was... He wasn't bad for them. He wasn't. I don't know his exact stats off the top of my head. I don't follow the Titans as close as I follow the Panthers nowadays. But, yeah, that's – I'm really not sure. Uh, let's see. <laughs> Jeremiah Fetty said he can kick a 28-yard field goal. That's embarrassing by Joey Sly. Uh, let's see. I think Jeremiah Petty might not be able to run 28 yards. Uh, <sighs> I don't know about you, but much less kick a field goal 28 yards. That's just me. Though. All right, let's move on. I think we've, we've kind of beat a dead horse there. Yeah. Let's talk – Kyle Allen, as of right now, where do you stand on Kyle Allen, the most divisive player in the entire Panthers fan base? I I have stood with Kyle Allen this entire season. Uh, now, he has had bad games, and he started off very, very good and then had a regression, I think I saw, where he started out with seven, or first, when he went 4-0, it was seven touchdowns, zero interceptions. Since then, it had been, I want to say it was three touchdowns and nine interceptions. Um, but it, I, I was always with him. His offensive line is horrible, horrible. The, the, the time that that pocket takes to collapse is instant. I was counting it the seconds in my head. It was, it was one, one to two seconds every single time. And that's why, you ha- that's why we're having to go underneath to McCaffrey so often. And, and why McCaffrey's getting all those catches is because that's what we have to do. He has no offensive line. We've seen, you saw the big play to DJ Moore. When he has time, he can go vertical with the ball and make great throws. That was a beautiful deep ball to DJ Moore. And so I, I, I like Kyle Allen. I just think that right now, 
now the O-line is limiting what we are able to see him do. He throws a pretty ball, and he can rivet deep. He just doesn't have the time to do it. And so until that offensive line can get better, I don't think it matters who they put back there. I think they're going to be limited in what they're able to do. I, I totally agree on the offensive line perspective of it in that this offensive line, especially when you look at left tackle and talk about, talk about guys like Dennis Daly, Darrell Williams, Greg Little, none of these guys have any business blocking someone like Cam Jordan. Cam Jordan w- was untouched throughout a lot of this game. And then even in the interior offensive line, after Van Roten goes down, it gets really difficult. Once you start shuffling pieces and you're doing that in the middle of a game, that gets really, really tough. So, yeah, the offensive line is abysmal. Now, I'm not willing to blame all of it on the offensive line. I think Kyle Allen has, we've seen, young quarterback mistakes from him quite a bit. And we're getting just tons of comments filing in now from all your boys, Cameron. Yeah. Uh, One of them was my dad's, and he could kick a 40-yarder barefoot. Oh, yeah, that's cute. (laughs) Uh, When you look at Kyle Allen, I hate how divisive it's become within the Panthers fan base in that it seems like if you compliment Kyle Allen, you're immediately labeled a Cam Newton hater. And if you criticize Kyle Allen, you are immediately ridiculed and being told that you kiss Cam Newton's ass. Mm -hmm. So that's where we are now. It's totally divisive. This subject has become completely binary, and I don't think it has to be. You can compliment one and support one without saying, hey, the other's not the guy. Now, of course, everybody has their opinion on that, but that's where I am. You, You can be a little bit of both here. I what what do you think? I yeah, I think you can 100% be both and he's your quarterback. He is the starter. He's the starting quarterback right now. You have to support him. He the, he extended so many plays today with his mobility in the pocket, stepping up, making guys miss. He extended so many plays today that should have been sacks. He should have gotten sacked four or five more times that he saw and made plays, and he made great decisions on throwing some away. There was one in particular where he was getting sacked and is basically vertical to the ground and last second sees Christian McCaffrey and just barely gets it off to dump it uh, for an incomplete pass instead of taking the sack. He was making great plays today. His vision his vision was great. I, I, I don't know. I, it, it was just everybody, and you're right, it's, it's the fan base that's doing it because right off the bat, oh, everybody, Kyle Allen, they were, all, they were all over it. Then he has a couple bad games, and they just abandon him completely. They were saying Will Greer. They were saying go to who, pick up a guy. They were saying whatever, and now all of a sudden, I guarantee I'm going to get on there today, and people, oh, Kyle Allen, great game. from. It's just like, I don't know. I, I feel like the fans sometimes are just so wishy-washy. He's a young quarterback. You said he makes young mistakes. That's what young guys do. He's going to progress. He's going to get better. But that's that's my piece. Let's look at his two worst games. 49ers, easily, mm-hmm. right? Arguably the best defense in the NFL. And then his other bad game, you could say, was against the Packers, where he threw for over 300 yards and a touchdown and an interception in the first time he'd ever played a football game in the snow. I mean, it's hard to criticize him for being terrible at this point. I understand. He has one more touchdown than interception at this point. That's not great. But let's look at other second-year quarterbacks around the league. Baker Mayfield, he has thrown 11 touchdowns this year and 12 interceptions, which is, you were in the negative in that point. And there's still people saying, like, oh, Baker Mayfield's a franchise quarterback, obviously. Well, why can't Kyle Allen be then? Lamar Jackson, okay, he's different. He's an MVP candidate candidate right now. That's a high standard to hold someone to. He's at 19 and 5. He's incredible. There's no doubt about it. Josh Allen, 13 and 7. Better, but not amazing. 
Kyle Allen at 10 and 9, like I said. Sam Darnold at 11 and 10, and he's played just as many games right now. So he is comparable with these guys is what I'm saying. And there's tons of people saying Sam Darnold, Josh Allen, Baker Mayfield are all future franchise quarterbacks, but then people refuse to say it about Kyle Allen. Also, you're paying Kyle Allen a quarter of what you're paying all of those guys, which means you can draft at the O-line, which means you can go out and get other places. I still think Kyle Allen can be a future quarterback, which is a terribly unpopular opinion in this fan base. I get, and that's not slander at Cam Newton, which is where we all get lost in translation Mm -hmm. here. I'm not slandering Cam Newton whenever I say that I think Kyle Allen can be a future quarterback. That's not what I'm saying at all. But I am saying that I think he's good enough, and I think he has tons of potential to do it. Now, I want to get to a comment real quick. Elliot Hodevec a few minutes ago said that Kyle Allen hasn't lost a game that Cam Newton would have won. Facts. I think when you debate Cam Newton and Kyle Allen in anything, you have to always have the stipulation, a healthy Cam Newton. Because as of right now, I don't believe a healthy Cam Newton will ever exist again in the NFL. So in that case, yes, I would agree with you, Elliot. But if you want to make it the stipulation of a healthy Cam Newton, I actually believe a healthy Cam Newton could have won the ball game today. There was a handful of times, even during the last drive, or even Tony Romo was criticizing Kyle Allen for not taking off, saying, all you need is three yards right there, and the defense was giving you 10 yards. You can get there, you can slide, you can get that. Cam Newton would make that play that Kyle Allen didn't. Like I said, though, I don't think Cam Newton's healthy enough, nor will he ever be again to make that play. So it's kind of a moot point. But I think a healthy Cam Newton could have at least scrambled it in the end zone in that last drive, and they could have won that ball game. I mean, I think Kyle Allen didn't lose that game. Kyle Allen you. put his team in a position to win the game. So I, 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 I don't think – I mean, I can't uh, – let's see. We got some comments here. Uh, Cam Newton has lost the hunger he had in his early years. I, I, I mean, I, I don't disagree with that at all, and I think a lot of that has to do with just being plagued by injuries. Um, you know, that's something that just wears on you, especially when you had so much potential. Um, and and But I, I don't think Kyle Allen lost that game today. I think he put his team in a position to win the game. They didn't win it. And um, I, I, do I think Cam New- a healthy Cam Newton could win that game? Yes, but Kyle Allen should have won that game too. I, I never said that Kyle Allen lost yeah. in the game. Yeah. My point is, a healthy Cam Newton, which as I've said, I don't think believe, exists anymore, a healthy Cam Newton doesn't just put you in a position to win that game. Cam Newton wins you that game. That's where I stand on that. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, there was a lot of people t- last week saying it's time for Will Greer to get his chance. Kyle Allen has one turnover. It's time for Will Greer to get his chance. Yeah. I think that notion should be in the background now. What, yeah. what do you think? No, easy. I mean, he, he go go watch the tape. And, and there were times, yes, where he should have scrambled. There were other times when he did take off and scramble and pick up. You know, the, uh, there was one in particular where it was uh, Cam Jordan was was right on, was bearing down on him, and he gets out, and he was actually pretty fast. I was surprised I didn't know Kyle Allen was that fast, but scrambled and pick up 10 yards. And it's just tough when you're just a young guy in a in a pocket that with a horrible offensive line. But, yes, I, that notion has to be completely out the, out the window. And he is – He's shown flashes of yeah. athleticism. Uh, freaking trips, welcome in. Glad to see you. Can't wait to hear what you have to say the rest of the show. Uh, Terry McGowan said Cam's more into fashion now than football. If that's not the most middle-aged to old man comment I think I've ever heard, I don't know what is at this uh, point. But he's 100% correct. Oh, no, he's right, but that's just the most generic, I don't know what I'm talking about football-wise, so I'm just going to bash his fashion. The most generic old man comment. What's freaking trips say? Shouldn't we lose out for a draft position? I'm never. I'm honestly never in favor of a team losing out for draft position. I don't know where you stand there, Cam. 
Yeah, no, I, 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 I'm, I'm with you 100. Uh, percent All right, uh, let's see, Kyle Allen. I had another point to make on him. I don't him. like, I don't like losing on purpose. He, Kyle Allen, terrible game last week against Atlanta. Mm-hmm. Right, four interceptions. This week bounces back and has a good game. I've decided that Kyle Allen is the perfect quarterback for the Carolina Panthers, and here's why: he's terribly inconsistent. Right, he will be mediocre one week god-awful the next week against Atlanta last week, and then pretty freaking good going toe-to-toe against arguably a top-five quarterback of all time this week and showing flashes of greatness. He is inconsistent, which is exactly what young quarterbacks do, but it's exactly what the Carolina Panthers do, and it's exactly what the Carolina Panthers have done for 20 years. So because of that, I think he's the embodiment of the Carolina Panthers franchise, all in one player, and that's why I think Kyle Allen is perfect to be the Panthers quarterback going forward. Terry McGowan said Alex is older than he looks. Uh, Elliot said some experts think the Saints are a top five team in the league. Moral victory. I I did not watch Ron Rivera's postgame press conference because we were getting ready for this show. I guarantee Ron Rivera had some sort of moral victory quote, which leads us perfectly into our next topic of conversation. So shouts to Elliot for that one. What's next for Ron Rivera? There's a lot of the fan base calling for his head right now. What do you think? Yeah, there were just certain things that I saw in today's game that were just very questionable. I mean, you even heard Tony Romo questioning him a lot throughout the game, and specifically late in the in the second half. I mean, in the in the first half, second quarter, the the clock is winding down, and and you have plenty of time to just get up to the get up to the line and run a normal play. What does Ron Rivera do? Waste of timeout. Again, they don't get it. Another time, plenty of time. Just get up to the get up to the line, run a play. Waste of timeout. And 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 even Tony Romo's in the booth going, "What? I have no, no idea what he's doing. I don't agree with this." Luckily, it's luckily they they had that that play that got called back, so they had a chance and, and end up scoring it. But I just for the life of me, I, I honestly kind of wanted them not to score there, just so just so I could come in here and bash, bash Ron him. Rivera even more. But yeah, they, they were just really questionable things. The challenge play at the end, props to Ron Rivera for throwing that flag. I didn't think it was going to get overturned, just based off of everything that has been happening in the NFL. None of the calls get overturned. There was a challenge earlier that did not get overturned, um, and and so cha- you know, props to him. I probably wouldn't have thrown it just because I didn't think it would get overturned, but I guess. That late in the game, you're in a position where you have to throw that flag. But yeah, there there were just little things that I, I, I don't think he's done. I don't think I'm not calling for his head or anything like that. I um, mean, his team was in a position to win the game today against one of the best teams in the NFL. So I don't know. I don't know where I stand on him. I feel like he's just a coin flip. Uh, I felt the same way about the challenge at the end. You have historically throughout the league this season, I guess, you have a less than 10% chance of converting and getting that call flipped, especially when it's that far away from the actual pass. I was baffled that he got that call overturned. Now, like you said, props to him. Uh, I still think that he – I did not like the challenge call at all. I'm baffled that he got it. Mm -hmm. Now, I will say, and he's always been criticized for his game management, but I did like at the end of the first half, he terribly mishandled the clock, but then once they got down and – Christian McCaffrey was short of the goal line, mm-hmm. and they had one play to try and score a touchdown. Just inches short, they go to the booth to review whether or not Christian McCaffrey got in the end zone, yeah. and he wasn't. 
And when they came out, and you know how they do the split screen on TV where you've got the referee in the middle, mm-hmm. the coaches on both sides, and the official announces he was short of the goal line. You just see Ron Rivera take his headset, flip it down, and all he says is, go, and then flip it back up. That's all he had to say. Everybody knew already exactly what play they're running. You know they've been stashing that play yeah. up, and I loved that play design because you stacked it up. You had six O-linemen in there. You completely sold the run. The flip out to Christian McCaffrey for the touchdown was a beautiful play. I will also give a quick shout-out to Alex Arma before that play. Mm-hmm. He came out as the fullback, and he, after they clapped and broke the huddle, he was jumping up and down, touching his knees, just getting himself psyched up, and it looked like he was about to bulldoze someone through that O-line. And I think that alone didn't make the play, but it sold somebody on that defense mm-hmm. on that that was going to be a run because his job is to bulldoze someone and plow right through the line. And he did it, and they sold the run beautifully. I think he was a big part of that, and that's what allowed that touchdown to be scored. But I will credit Ron Rivera and North Turner, of course, too, for that play. It was beautiful, it was perfect, and it worked excellently. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we've got a lot of comments that we have been coming in. Um, let's see. One of them was, I like Ron, but who would you replace him with? One of them was actually uh, from Terry McGowan. What you said last week is that he's a decent uh, coaching, decent coach, but uh, he'd be a better coordinator. And you said you would love to see him in a coordinator role. Um, what does Ron have to do to keep his job the rest of the season? Um, and then uh, what would you rate the performance of Bradbury and Reed today? Well, we can get to that later. Um, so I guess we can start with, A, I guess, who would you replace him with, which I don't think that necessarily he should be replaced and then also what does he have to do the rest of the season to keep his job for next year as of right now i'm not talking about who i'd replace him with because we don't know after the season's over what the coaching carousel is going to look like Mm -hmm. so i would postpone that conversation to then uh i because a i don't think you fire him tomorrow i think there's no way you can fire him tomorrow you just lost to one of the best teams in the nfc you just lost to the best team in your division and you had a chance to win, and if your kicker doesn't go screw the pooch, you win that football game, mm-hmm. and you're talking about Ron Rivera not having his job in question tomorrow at all. It's the difference in a kick, really. You can't just you can't bury Ron Rivera for that yeah. as of right now. As to what does Ron Rivera need to do for the rest of the season to keep his job, that's a great question. As of right now, this team has five wins. They are five and six, correct? I think just 500 is not enough. I think you need to go win at least nine or ten games and either make the playoffs or just barely freaking miss it. And I think even if you miss the playoffs and and still win nine or ten games, that might not be enough because the Panthers have such a long history of barely missing the playoffs. I think they're done with it. I think David Tepper, the owner of the team, who came from Pittsburgh, where he's so used to winning and winning consistently, Mm -hmm. will not put up with that. And Ron Rivera has shown that historically, that's who he is. He's the guy that's good enough to be in the hunt and barely miss the playoffs. And I don't think David Tepper will put up with that long. So I think, now that I've kind of talked around it and talked myself into it, for him to keep the job, the Panthers have to make the playoffs. Which means, I really don't think next year Ron Rivera will have a job which I hate because I genuinely like the guy. But I don't think he's going to have a job next year, partially because I think sometimes you just need a change. I agree with some of the points, but the overall point I I disagree with. I think that this season for the Panthers, 
has been, you know, they, they've, they've kind of had to toss some things together, obviously with the quarterback situation. And so, uh, you know, if I'm going to play the role of a classic Panthers fan that I see on Twitter all the time, they love just pointing fingers. One week it's Kyle Allen. One week it's Ron Rivera. The next week it's the, the management. It's, you know, the, it's just, it, it's always somebody. It's always somebody. I don't think Ron Rivera is the problem. I think Ron Rivera, he, he makes some questionable calls sometimes, but I think overall schematically he's a good coach. I also think that, because of the Kyle Allen situation, ownership is going to give him a little bit longer of a leash. They're, I mean, they're not going to win out. And to win 10 games, they'd have to win out. They, they've got the Seahawks, Colts, and Saints again still on the schedule. Yeah, not a chance. Not a chance. And uh, those are just very, very hard games. I think they just have to compete. I think as long as they the Red, they have to beat the Redskins next week. That That is a must win. I think if you lose that game, then maybe you, you, yeah. you have to you, – you, you have to bring start bringing that up. But then Falcons, that's a chance to get one back there. But they're just not going to beat the Seahawks, Colts, and Saints. And and I think they just have to be competitive. If they can just be competitive in those games and and show that, you know, we don't have they don't have the best offensive line. Their their own line's hurt right now. They they have their D line. Their their our nose tackle got hurt today. Um it, they have injuries everywhere. And I think they're showing that they're barely losing and at full health, they could win games. And I think that's all that they have to show for Ron to keep his job at least for one more year. All right. I've got a few things to say to that. Uh, just being competitive is not enough. It's not enough With in the NFL. It it's not enough in the NFL. It's never been enough in the NFL. And this is a team that's been competitive for a long time. And like I said, the fan base is done with it. David Tepper's not going to put up with it because he comes from a situation where being competitive is not good enough, and that's not going to cut it. Don't get me wrong. I'm not saying I want to fire Ron Rivera. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying what I realistically think to answer Jerry's question, what does Ron Rivera have to do for the rest of the season to keep his job? I'm looking at this from a realistic perspective. Moral victories will not cut it. This is the NFL. Ron Rivera has been living off of moral victories since the Super Bowl loss in the 2015 season. He, t- he literally makes a moral victory excuse after every single loss, and everyone, myself included, is sick of it. Just being competitive will not cut it, and I think realistically, uh, Ron Rivera is a dead man walking, and I think he will not be the head coach of this team unless they somehow sneak into the playoffs, which, as you just pointed out, isn't going to happen. Uh, moral victories, just being competitive, get out of my face with that. That is not happening. Also, awesome comment from a... Scott saying, I think you need a couple old men to do this show. How about him and Terry? I'm a big fan. I'm a big fan <laughs> maybe, of the idea. Yeah, maybe they can come on one time. No, I think uh, sometimes it's not about the X's and O's. It's about the Jimmy's and Joe's. It's about the players. They don't have – the Panthers don't – like, they have really, really good players in certain in certain key positions. But overall, I feel like a lot of it is just a patch job this year. And so I, I, I just – you can only go as far as the talent you have on the field – and I, for the Panthers this year, they've just been plagued with injuries and just having to plug and play guys. And you, you, there's only so much you can do with that. And so I, I just feel bad for Ron Rivera because I don't think it's his fault. I mean, there, maybe there's a couple things he could do differently, but he just doesn't have, he doesn't have his team even close to full health right now. And so I think he's doing the best he can. Two things on that. One, there's no such thing as a team at full health in the NFL. It never well, happens. No, they're not even and, close to full. And they're not two, even close. And two, you see coaches fired when they don't deserve to be, whenever they have a patchwork of players, all the time. Think of the, the Browns teams that were god-awful for 15 years. Did they ever have true talent on that team, aside from a left tackle? 
No, they didn't. And they were firing coaches left and right. I didn't say what Adam, didn't happen. Adam Gase fired last year from Miami. No talent on that team at all. He got fired. Did he deserve to? That's neither here nor there. Bad players. He got fired. It it happens all oh, the time in the NFL. Did. I didn't say it didn't happen. I said he didn't. He didn't deserve. He, and, he doesn't deserve to be because of the players. Like I think I said, he gets. I think he takes a lot of blame for things that aren't his fault. I'm not saying I would fire him. I'm yeah. telling you realistically what's going to happen, and this is what's going to happen. If he doesn't make the playoffs, he will be fired. David Tepper has. No ties to Ron Rivera at all, and he's not going to put up with it. That's yeah. that's just where we are. That's the reality of the situation right now. Uh, freaking Trip says Tepper wants wins, and that's it. You're exactly right. He does. Uh, o line has been in place since early last season, and it's god awful. Yeah. Uh, do not sign Jameis or Marcus. You're damn right. Don't sign Jameis or Marcus. That comes to what Cam was saying earlier. Uh, I guess before the show, you're big on Philip Rivers right now. I wouldn't be. Totally against it. Uh, what's for dinner, guys? Uh, probably Panda Express, if we're being completely honest. Uh, all right. Anything else on Ronnie Boy, or you want to move on to Rashawn Golden? That's all I got. All right. Let's go ahead and talk a little bit about Rashawn. I will update the old Twitter real quick. Yeah. Um, I mean, the I guess the big play everybody is going to be wondering about is when he runs into his own return man, and uh, they basically causes him to muff the punt. The Saints get the ball right there and score. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I've always liked Rashawn Golden. I got to see him a ton in college and I think he's a good player. I, I, now there was some stupid plays that he made today. One of another one was, uh, on, on a kick return where he just starts going after some guy and gets, gets a flag thrown. He, I thought he was going to get ejected. He literally hit the ref. (laughs) He hit the ref. I think he was just having I, – I hope that it was just a bad day because I think Rashawn Golden is talented. I think he's a good player. Um, and it, it's not like they really have anybody else that they can put back there. But uh, – and uh, well, I mean, you talked about it that towards the end he wasn't even being subbed in even when uh, uh, Eric Reed went down. But, yeah, I, I, I like him. I think he's a good player, but not a good day. Yeah, no, I don't think Rashawn Golden's a good player. I think Rashawn Golden is going to lose his job at the end of the season if not before the end of the season. And I've honestly been thinking this since training camp. Today is just the first time where we've really gotten a chance to talk about Rashawn Golden because he plays such a minimal role on mm. this team. But I have had this thought since training camp, and here's why. There was, the biggest battle in all of training camp was who would be the nickel corner or, or who would just be the nickel DB in general. It was him and Ross Cockle were the two main ones. Mm-hmm. And Rashawn Golden lost that battle and now has fallen even further back behind that line he never gets snaps on defense because he's fallen so far back and he's totally devalued by this team and then you saw when Eric Reed went down with the ankle he still didn't get snaps which means he's even farther down the depth mm-hmm. chart than we even thought he was and that's a safety that is somebody that is his position going down and he doesn't get subbed in earlier in the game you have the bonehead move that you talk about where he runs into DJ Moore I will say huge credit to Morstead on the he was just kicking absolute beautiful punts today and a lot of that was forcing the DBs or, or the gunners that is further back than they usually expect but you have to have that mental clock in your mm. head as a gunner you have to know this ball's been up for a long time my goal is calling a fair catch I got to get out of the way he doesn't have that mental clock so that was strike one today strike two was when Eric Reed went down and then I see they're still not even subbing him in 
They're not even putting him in for a couple plays. They're not putting him in at all on defense. So that's strike two for him. Then strike three, you're, you're upset, and you go and you start scrapping. They, didn't, they assigned the penalty to the wrong guy. The, yeah. the NFL will go and change that later in the week. The penalty should have been given to Rashawn Galden because he was the one that runs in and shoves, and then he shoves an official. This guy is a bonehead. The, the team doesn't value him at all. He's not a good player. He hasn't been good on special teams this year. He's been mediocre and then utterly screwed up twice today. I mean, this is a guy that doesn't deserve a job right now. This is the most competitive league in, in professional sports when it comes to jobs on in a depth chart. This guy doesn't deserve to be anywhere on, an, on a team in an NFL roster. It's year two. I get that. He's got two more years left on his contract after being a late draft pick. I get that. But is he worth? He, he's owed about a million dollars next year and the year after that, which isn't a huge lump sum. But my God, he's not, he's not worth a million dollars. A, a mediocre special teams player that has done more harm than good this season is not worth a million dollars a year. That's where I stand on Rashawn Galden. Uh, is there, can, can you talk me off the cliff here? Because I'm done. With it. I'm totally done with Galden. I I can't talk you off the cliff, and I think it goes to what you're saying as far as like when you're playing such a minimum minimum role or minimal role, you you have to perform at least in the minimum in the minimal role. There are plenty of guys they can go to get to be gunners on special teams that are will never run into their own. Their Everywhere. Own and guys that aren't going to go get stupid penalties because they're not even part of the game. He, he's, he plays, he's literally not even affecting the game, and he's, he's out there getting penalties as if he's some superstar and deserves so. Yeah, I, I mean, I can't. I, I like him. I, I really do like him, but you're right. There's just no place for that in the NFL. If you look at NFL transactions lists, every player, at least three players on the on the ten player practice squad are guys that can be a gunner. Yeah. Every single week, it's he he won't have a job this time next year with the Carolina Panthers. Maybe someone else somewhere else, but he won't have a job in Carolina this time next year, mm-hmm. especially not at the rate he's going. All right, we're gonna wrap up the show with everyone's favorite player who who never is mixed up in any controversy at all, uh, Eric Reed. We're going to jump into that. But first, Cam, tell everybody about Steamroll Vodka. Yeah, Steamroll Vodka. They are our main sponsor. They are the reason we are able to come and do this show. They are, you cannot miss it. It's a huge yellow road sign on the bottle. It's the vodka of the working class people. Steamroll Vodka. Go to your local store, pick some up today. Also, everybody, thanks for watching. Give us a follow. Give us a like. Share our posts. Turn on our notifications so you get you get a little alert whenever we go live with our live shows. And, yeah, just, you know, spread the word. We love doing this. We love when you guys talk to us. We love reading the comments and interacting with you guys. Makes it fun so you just don't have to sit here and hear us yap all day. But thank you. All right, before we jump into Eric Reed, we've had a couple DJ Moore comments from freaking trips and i know you're you're you have totally turned a new leaf with dj moore you were totally anti dj moore at the beginning of the season i think you're all on board now here's the couple comments we've had dj showed out today that's what a third and fourth consecutive weeks of 100 and plus yards he also said dj doesn't need to be the return guy which i agree with we've signed him with what or we have signed what three guys for the job haven't seen any and, and he's right i i'm with him on all accounts there what do you think yeah, I love DJ Moore at the beginning, and I love him so much because I didn't think he was going to be good. I didn't, I didn't think he was going to live up to expectations, and he has. And he was playing hurt today. He, he, his arm was hurt. They kept showing him just dangling his arm. He had a, he had an ankle problem. He, 
and he was just out there making plays. That catch at the end of the game was a great catch by him. He did have one that I thought he should have caught earlier, but he took a big hit on it. It doesn't matter. He has been balling today and 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 balling for, for a couple weeks now. I love DJ Moore. I'm all on board. I agree with you. Don't think he should be returning punts. You said last week that they should put Dante Jackson back there. I love it. I think that they, I'm all on I board think that they that. should put him back there. He's the fastest yeah. player on the team. Yeah. No, I'm with you. Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you there. No, you're, you're right. Good. He's the fastest player on the team. Yeah. Why not give him a chance? Yeah. That catch at the end of the game by DJ Moore was incredible. It was a great throw ball, first off, yeah. I think. But he had to come back route. His arm, his left arm was yeah. pinned behind him. He, got it he reached up. The ball hit him in the wrist because he was just flailing his arm up there, just trying to keep it near him. But then once it hit him, he was able to corral it. That, that was incredible. Mm-hmm. And I think that is what we expected to see from him. That's what I expected to see from him from week one. It took him a little bit to get where I wanted him to be. But now I think we're both on the same page here and that DJ Moore is a legitimate wide receiver in the NFL. And I'm, I'm all about it. And he's only in year two. This guy's just going to get better and better and better. And it's really exciting to watch. All right, now we'll get to Eric Reed. Because Eric Reed's another guy. I know this has been a pretty negative show, but there's a lot <laughs> of negative, negative Panthers fans right now. Eric Reed's a guy that I'm also done with. Yeah. Eric Reed can play half the position of safety. Eric Reed on run defense comes in there. He's always mixed in at a gang tackle, which I really like. One-on-one tackling, not so sure about. We see him consistently drop the shoulder. He doesn't wrap up. He's blown tackles all year long. But if there's a gang tackle going on, you can bet that Eric Reed will be involved, which I think is awesome. That's He does help in the run defense, even though the run defense is one of the worst in the NFL. But in his pass coverage today, and this has not been something that I've harped on him much for this season. Generally, I harp on him for blown tackles. But today, I think he finished the day with 14 tackles. I'm not sure. At least six of those are where he was playing way too far off someone, giving at least five yards of cushion, and then just had to come up and make the tackle after the catch was made. You saw in the, I believe it was the Saints' third to last drive, it was early in the fourth quarter, it was right before Eric Reed hurt his ankle, which hurt his ankle. They targeted him. They targeted him on three straight plays in a row, three straight completions. So whoop-de-doo, Eric Reed, you get to put a tackle in your stats, but you just gave up a combined 40 yards on three plays because you cannot defend anybody in the passing game. I'm about convinced Terry McGowan could have run a route today on Eric Reed and he would have caught the football. I mean, it was ridiculous. And you saw even early in the game today, whenever they would line up, they would send Kamara out into the slot, and then they would have Michael Thomas on that same side. So they'd have two guys on that side. The Panthers would have three, two DBs, and Eric Reed would be over there. Mm-hmm. Whichever player broke towards Eric Reed, whether it was Kamara or whether it was Michael Thomas, that's where the ball went. They came in with an agenda today. Yeah. And the agenda was offensively, we are going at Eric Reed. And it was successful. Put up 34 points. Sure, you can make the argument Panthers should have won the game. But they went at Eric Reed, and it was successful. I question the ankle injury because it came right after those three plays. He left for the rest of the series and then came back in after that. I think his pride was hurt more than anything. But, yeah, Eric Reed, at this point, I think he can play half of the safety position. And I'm, I'm not in on Eric Reed at all at this point. One of yeah, I, one one of the one of the stats that I saw that it was early in the first quarter or throughout the first quarter the Saints ran 19 plays and nine of them were first downs. So they were just picking up first downs. Guess why? 
Eric Reed was just giving them first downs. He was literally playing off of them where they could just run, do, turn around and do a little button hook or a quick crossing screen and was just wide open. Uh, the reason that they had so many first downs is you're exactly right. The, the press wasn't there. There was, no, there was no press coverage. They were dropped off. And, yeah, I, I, he had a lot of tackles, but you're right. that A lot of those are ones that he shouldn't have had to tackle the guy anyway because he let them catch the ball. One of my all-time favorite comments, Jerry Petty jumped in and said Terry could get a catch on Jalen Ramsey. Put some respect on his name. You know what, Jerry? You're right. You're right. Okay. Uh, Freaking Trips jumped in and said four-and-a-half performance today from Reed. I think that's generous. I'm giving him less than that just because, like I said, not only did the Saints exploit him, they came in planning to exploit him. And whenever there's that type of tape on you Mm -hmm. to where Sean Payton can say, that's the guy we're going after, that's bad. That's really bad. I I would give Eric Reed a a two and a half performance today. I'm I'm way out on him. Now let's jump back because freaking Trips had the question earlier in the game, earlier in the show, whenever we said we were going to talk about Eric Mm -hmm. Reed later. He also asked about James Bradbury. So where would you rank James Bradbury today? I mean, I thought he played pretty well. Uh, You know, the best receiver in the NFL right now, Michael Thomas. He was playing for the Saints on the other side, and he had, I think he had 100 yards, but he was it, it didn't seem like he was just getting to do everything he wanted to. And, I mean, there, there were some where I saw, you know, maybe he, he kind of let off a little bit, or there were a couple plays today that I saw from him where it just seemed like the effort maybe wasn't there. But I think overall it was a, it was a pretty good day. I, I'd probably go seven. I'll give him a five, and that's because he did get blown by a few times. Yeah. But there's only so much you can do with the Michael Thomas Trooper's yeah. duo. And the reason I'm giving him something a little bit lower with a five is because he set the standards so high earlier mm. in the season. Early this year, I saw what James Bradbury could do. I haven't seen that lately. I definitely didn't see it today. So I'll give him a five. Also, freaking trips. He called me on my BS. I will credit him. I will credit him. He said, he's talking about Eric Reed again. Uh-huh. He said he made up for the first half and with his pass coverage yeah. with the big fourth and one stop. So he went from a three to a four and a half. You're right. I was so hung up on what I was pissed off about Eric Reed about that I forgot the play of the day. Yeah. And I did tweet that out from our account earlier. That was the defensive play of the day for the Panthers. So I'll jump him up from a two and a half to a three and a half because that play was huge. That yeah. play was big time. He wrapped up around the ankle in the backfield. It was, it was great. Yeah, I think the Boston interception is the only thing that, that, that somewhat comes close to it. But, yeah, no, you're, you're 100% right. All right, Cam, last thing. Oh, we got another comment from Jerry. He said, stating the obvious, but Michael Thomas and C-Mac are the best two non-QB uh, offensive players in the league. I think that's maybe not definitely the two, but they are two of the best. I think 100%. CMC, CMC is definitely, and Michael Thomas is on pace for 150 receptions. God. That's insane. It used to be like a huge thing when somebody got 100 receptions. He's on pace for 150. If he if he can even, if he even comes close to that, yes, I I think you have to say that that he's that he's one of the top uh, non QB offensive players in the league. Yeah, I'll definitely give him one of the top. Uh, all right, last thing before we wrap up the show, Cameron. Uh, so we play fantasy football together, right? Mm-hmm. Now you had the number one overall draft pick in our league. Yes, and I saw the tweet. I saw and, the tweet, and you took Alvin Kamara. I did take Alvin pick. Kamara. Can you please just explain the pick? I'm not going to rip it. Whatever your explanation is, I'm wrapping up the show as soon as you finish. And yes, yes, I'm throwing you under the bus right yeah. now. I just, 
Explain so we can know what your thought process was in the initial draft pick, and then we'll let it go, and we'll wrap up the show and call it a day. So hindsight is hindsight's twenty twenty. It is. Um, but going into it, I did not think that the Panthers were going to be a good team this season. I'm not, I wasn't wrong about that. <laughs> and I also didn't think that Kyle Allen would be the quarterback. Uh, and so I, did, I didn't know that they were going to have to rely on Christian McCaffrey as much. I also have a sentimental connection to Alvin Kamara, go Vols, huge Vols guy, and he played at Tennessee. And so I had that connection with, with Kamara. And he scores touchdowns. He scored more touchdowns than anybody last year. And I, 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 I just thought that he would keep it up. Obviously, he has not been able to do that. He's had some quarterback changes as well. But, um, yeah, that, that was basically my – I was contingent on the fact that Cam Newton was going to be the quarterback for the Panthers, and I thought that that was going to take some away. I also knew that everybody was talking about the Panthers wide receivers, how they were going to be – you know, this could be the best young, young receiver core in the league. And so I thought they were going to be throwing it a lot more to those guys. That was my thought process. All right, uh, hashtag man crushes don't work in fantasy. That came straight from your boy Terry McGowan. Yeah. All right, if you missed any of the show and you want to see the rest of it, this will be podcasted out on our account later tonight, early tomorrow morning. Go ahead and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, whatever, so you can get it right to your phone whenever we put it out. That's going to do it for our show. Shouts to Terry McGowan. Shouts to Kingpin Landlord. Always shouts to Freaking Trips and Jeremiah Petty for jumping in and talking on the show today. As for everyone else, jump in, chat with us. That's what we like to do. This is Crown Sports Charlotte. I'm Alex Abernathy. He's Cameron McGowan. We'll be back probably Tuesday this week with our midweek show because we won't be doing it Thursday because, of course, it's gobble-gobble time. All right, we'll see you all later this week.